<laughs> Sorry, Ben Space. Um, but, but at the same yeah, time... This is you... what he fucking does, isn't it? He pretends to fucking think. He pretends to listen. And when he's talking, he wants everybody else to fucking listen. But then when he's when somebody else is talking, he just tries to constantly just, like, interrupt. And so what's the point in anybody else talking? I don't even say anything. This is just... Please continue, Sam. Sorry about that. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Good. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to mark the one-year anniversary of the UK lockdown, and oh. we've got a very special guest on, our mutual friend. Uh, Is he special? I resent the word special. Well, when, though, when, I, it's <laughs> when I say special guest, I mean special. it's special for us. For the listeners, it's largely meaningless. just meaningless. But good friend of ours, my oldest friend, and... Uh, well, I'm feeling a bit soppy, so, you know, I will say one of the people I love most in the world. Very good to see my friend Sam Pearson Moore. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I just uh, want to take the opportunity to thank you for inviting me on. It's a real pleasure to be working with such a couple of pair of pros. Uh, <laughs> what are we, uh, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about... What have gonna, we got in here? We're going to reflect on the lockdown, but we're going to talk about Sam's experience in the lockdown as an expat living in the Czech Republic. Interesting. Uh, course, Interesting angle there. It we're is, actually. Angle, haven't we? On the horrible, boring pandemic. So good, nicely, nicely, nicely exploiting the uh, contacts you've got on the continent. Now you've decided to jettison. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What with our vaccine program going so well, and yours like being a bit shit, really. Isn't it? Well, bit. we can get onto that. Can't we? So you're going to do like a monologue as well, then? Uh, yes, <laughs> the monologue of uh, is just going to come up about now. Monologue. So, we've recently marked a year since the Prime Minister announced the first national lockdown. A year. A bloody year. I remember the first month. The sunny days in the garden, the walks to the local green. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. Our little estate became our whole world. I'll never forget the speech. Boris speaking directly to the camera, telling us we must stay at home. It hit me quite hard. The world suddenly got very surreal, scary and isolating. And it heralded the beginning of a strange new kind of existence. Insular, isolated, created a separation between friends and families. Each household was a little world of its own and everyone else was an outsider. I have a group of friends who I consider to be particularly close. People who I cherish and love like family. When we're together, we make each other laugh like others can't. We know each other through and through. 
who understand and accept each other. These are the kind of friendships that make life worth living. And every time I see them, it's life-affirming. None of them live locally, so we've always had to travel to see each other. And suddenly, the pandemic made us feel worlds apart. I'm thankful for the technology that allowed us to keep in touch, but it's not the same as seeing each other. Nothing compares. In the whole year of lockdown, I've seen two friends socialise with friends on two occasions. I feel robbed, to be honest. I'm sure many of you have suffered the same. We've all had to suffer through it. It's inhuman and it violates our very nature as social creatures. I've been making this podcast with my friend Matt for the better part of a year and I've only seen him once. Once. We're living in the same country. We've experienced the pandemic in similar ways. But because we're both living this weird, confined, extremely personal experience stuck at home, we've sometimes felt close and in touch and other times suddenly there's distance. Sometimes there's nothing to say. Sometimes we've turned in on ourselves. Sometimes it feels like the only people you're connected to are those in your household. And there's other times when it's just loneliness. Today we have my oldest friend on the podcast. We've grown up together, been through all sorts together. We're like brothers. During the pandemic, I've never felt more distant from him. He lives in the Czech Republic and I've visited him many times and he's come over here. But the pandemic ended that. And though he lives a short plane right away, he may as well have lived in Mars. Living in different countries, under different conditions, we've so often been totally out of sync and unable to understand what the other is experiencing. The, the pandemic has been terrible for our relationships with friends and family, and it's diminished all of our lives because of it. And today we're trying to heal the rift. We're going to hear about Sam's experience of the pandemic as a British expat and discuss how we distanced friendships. And at least we can be grateful that it's soon over. Please. Please. Oh, well, I enjoyed that. It was quite touching, actually, towards the end there, wasn't it? it was. I I Um, enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, Sam? It's one of the best ones yet. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. High praise, indeed. The big moment for me, like I mentioned in the the monologue, was Boris's speech. Obviously, I knew what was coming, but it was still kind of a surreal experience, and that's when the whole lockdown began for us. Um, Can you tell us, Sam, what it was like for you? When, when, how was the, how did it get introduced to you? When did it really hit you? What was happening over there? You've got this weird perspective, haven't you? You're not, you're not, you know, like tiny little yeah, British Isles bubble. So, so it's weird that it felt so separate from you that I haven't. I don't think we've ever really discussed that. that yeah, that's true. It took us a while to realize. Wait a minute, we're just living two different experiences through through this. You know. Yeah, I remember you saying that in the middle of it, actually. There was a, a message that we're living in different worlds at the moment. But it's yeah. So basically, it was, the funny thing was, I was actually in London uh, at the start of March. For some work thing, so and it already felt a bit eerie, and there's something in the air. Then I was getting drunk with a colleague, sort of thing, through because I was just in town. And I could feel something in the air, and I was at this conference, and it was obliterated by like people pulling out because of COVID. So it was already like on the horizon that something a bit peculiar was happening. I so then I went back. A bad moon rising. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I can feel it like, falling in I the can... air tonight. Go on, sorry, I'm really interested. Um, 
And so yeah, then, then obviously I got back to Prague, which is where I live, and um, we, it happened pretty quickly. There was like a week where it suddenly was, I think it was the week it was declared the pandemic by the World Health Organization, and then we had like a 30-day state of emergency. And everything sort of like your reading eyes, and then like we eyes reading up a screen. I know because I'm getting the dates. I I remember all the shit, but I didn't remember the thing. It was a bit hazy. Remembering the Google page, such an incredible part in history. Who could forget that part? That you know, what does it say here? No, I just don't get the dates. March 11th. Was there like an announcement on the news? But I suppose do you even watch the news because you don't really? No, no. This is building up to this point. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Matt is like that. I I apologise for my seriously like short Ben Ben. So, the point I was going to build up to is we, that everything was sort of related to us like in this really second-hand fashion because we don't obviously speak Czech because we're English people. And we, even though we really did like six years of that being the They should fucking learn English, uh, mate, shouldn't they, really? Well, they do, but yeah. Well, they some speak. should fucking learn Czech, shouldn't they? Six years. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so there was like a week where everything sort of like smashed down really quickly and we would think we weren't really hot on the masks early on, which seemed a bit of a... Mm-hmm. Weird novelty because I remember you, everyone in the UK, sort of scoffing it at the time because I don't know for whatever reason. Uh, so everyone had to wear masks. We were all in full lockdown. No one could leave the flat or anything. Everyone was just buying loads of like takeaways constantly. All you could see was takeaway people everywhere. And that's all. That was all, that was all that was really allowed onto the street. Um, yeah, and then so like talking to you guys back then, it was all a bit slow to respond. It felt like we were kind of proud that we were acting quickly, but it didn't really feel real. Um, Mm. And, then, and then the um, the, the weird thing was, was when the army hit the they, they sealed the borders and then it suddenly felt like something from a movie and that's when it became the sort of time it was like you started stocking up on booze <laughs> and <laughs> other other things that would like make it more bearable over that period of time. Yeah, hmm. it's interesting. The thing you mentioned about the masks, wasn't it? Because like, yeah, I remember that you sent us pictures of you with your mask on, and over here the message was still from like uh, you know the. Um, health advisors was like masks you know there's no evidence to suggest that masks are like effective but like check had been quite draconian hadn't it well it seemed quite draconian it seemed like they, they just shut everything down put the masks on um, i mean it's a naturally quite a xenophobic country considering how many um <laughs> how many expats like support like the industry here it's, it's uh so it was already quite quick to it's quite isolationist some, in some ways and they've got quite a they've got a, centri- a centrist but slightly nationalistic government in charge as well so i think they saw the opportunity to just act tough um in that sort can of I, you know post like communist sort of sense so can i can i ask you like because ask what you want <laughs> go on ben it's what? your pro- podcast isn't it yes yes it is matt um <laughs> the, <laughs> One of the weirdest first experiences in lockdown was the first time you were able to, you know, go out and use your... We were allowed to specifically one uh, session of exercise outside a day. Was there a similar rule there? or No, I think we, it wasn't like one a day, but you could only go out for exercising. So you had to be so, in my best so, life career. Well, me yeah, and Matt live in, uh, live, in, live in towns. What were, did, did you walk around Prague when, you know, when the, during the first lockdown when it was... I did. Yeah, I did. It was really weird, actually, because everyone... There was loads of shit on fucking social media and whatever but it was really it was really strange walking around these places in the city centre of like such a touristic city like it's old it's like medieval city it's beautiful but it's always just swamped with fucking dickheads yeah. and like it's yeah. like people on those fucking 
biking and shit. And it was like fucking hordes of people. And it was completely empty, so you just saw it in this completely unique way. So you felt like, I should take the fucking opportunity because it looks fucking great. I remember having this walk at like five in the morning when it was dawn. Like, it must have been like May. And it, it was just empty, but like, and it was just, it was, it was really strange. So there was that sort of side of things, but it was really eerie because we were just so used to it being like, I don't know, like London packed, relatively speaking. It's like, it's usually swarming with people. And it was just odd to even notice the floor. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember seeing the photo. I mean, obviously I hadn't been to London, but the, the photos of London when it was abandoned and, you know, what, knowing what London's like, it was just quite incredible, really. So, yeah. Very Danny Boyle. <laughs> exactly. 28 days later. Um, so, the uh, yeah, that, that, yeah that's trip. cool. Yeah. So, so I'm going to try and move us along a t- on the timeline. So, we, um, you, yeah, so in terms of comparison to the UK, you guys, you, in, in Czech, they, they, they locked down quite severely, didn't they? Yeah, it did, um, and it worked and we, pretty we well, kind of actually. locked down less severely, yes. And then at some point, they released those restrictions, didn't they? Uh, yeah, all, so- like they do over here, and we all, like, had jollies and got out. Yeah, and, you, you went earlier, though, didn't, didn't you not? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. there was. A, I, we did go pretty early. I remember, like, we. I remember. I'm gonna just drop in the fact that I'm in a band, and that we yeah. were playing live. I meant, I meant to put that into your intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put it in now. Just hit it. Fine. Uh, yeah, Sam's fine. in a band. Sam's in a band. He's in a uh, new wave band called Adult Set, available on Spotify to listen to now. New single out just uh, the other Friday. Uh, don't know if you know, but I was also in a band when I was younger. Anyway, so like, what happened was fuck um, off, um, The uh, could have done quite well, but just things went against us, you know. Yeah, we had all fucking episode about it. They weren't ready, did we? Yeah. What a stupid thing to do an episode on. Anyway, move on. Um, so Sam. Anyway, so yeah, about? so basically, I remember it because we were really obviously looking forward to being able to play live, and everything opened up. I think it was the end of last weekend of May or something like that but definitely June everything was pretty much open as normal and July August we had this like ridiculous like I don't know if you saw it there was um, a half a half a kilometre long picnic on the Charles Bridge to celebrate the end of fucking Covid because <laughs> it, was, it was like it was the 1st of July or something like that and I used to be people who went on there it was embarrassing anyway just whatever <laughs> but like it was like a massive picnic of Dickheads! Even literally, you could fucking carpet bombed it perfectly because they literally lined themselves up. It would be fine because most of those people, the people were spreading. Well, anyway, um, they uh, yeah. So we had like, like they, it was a, it was a farewell to COVID party on the first of June because oh, by that point gosh. we'd only had like about 300, 400 deaths. That initial stage was strange because that's when it really felt like I think it was around that time where I was like saying you know we live in different worlds because we was, I think for a time we were still quite tightly locked down while you were. Yeah, it just was very strange to see you know on social media or talking to you uh, like how how are you living a normal life and and it, the, the discussion at the time was how a week or two would have made an enormous difference uh, if we'd locked down earlier, which which you'd done, and you were given that bit more freedom. It was very strange. It's, it's time to speak to you and just not feel it like in the same world both experiencing these two like this huge thing exactly the same thing but in just such different like yeah so emotion you end up in in a completely different in a completely different place I remember um, Sam just being quite cocky and condescending about our government's response sounds about right Sounds all right. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, who's laughing now basically who's laughing now who's laughing now all the way to the fucking vaccination (laughs) clinic we're laughing now (laughs) You know the um, 
if you go to like <laughs> if you google like covid numbers for every country it's got like these like movable graphs of like when how yeah. it all you know i was i was as nuts because i'm looking at it now and like from like yeah, middle of for the end of august we had only had like like we were in like 300 cases a day and by the middle of like October, like two months later, no, the end of August, that is, and then like six weeks later, we were having like 15,000 a day, 13,000 a day. It just really just like, it was like, as soon as like the weather changed, I don't know, maybe people are just cumulative effective wrong, just like not giving a fuck over summer. Mm. Like by, by like October, it was just a fucking shit show and it was out of nowhere. And like the Minister of Health, like he got replaced and then a new guy came in and he resigned, but I think he was getting fired and, and he was making some like, policy decisions. And then, like, the next guy came in and he only lasted, like, five weeks because he got caught, like, not wearing a mask, so he had to resign because he'd been such a dick about it. And then they've got, like, someone else in who I didn't even notice, which is probably a good thing because the previous... And the guy, the funny, the first guy who quit, he actually went on and sang... He went on to a chat show and then, like, seriously, he sang a version of My Way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding. Yeah, he's, he's called... Uh, I've got his name there somewhere. I forget his fucking name. Excellent. Good girl. That's what you want to see from your health minister. Adam Wojtek, that's his name. Adam Wojtek, Google that, it's really funny. Adam Wojtek, my way. That's literally the state of shit here. It's fucking mental. I mean, we can listen to that, can't we? We can cut that in.
Is any of this interesting? I don't know. Um, yes, it's very interesting. Um, so I'm interested in, um, so the, yeah, like I mentioned before, you, you had a bit of like kind of a, a chance to kind of gloat a little bit when the, it felt like the government had acted quite decisively in check. Yeah, and that kind so of strongman, that strongman kind of uh, uh, structure, I guess, of government kind of had worked in that case, in that instance, right? Yeah, but then been, yeah. something kind of went badly wrong, obviously later on, and like, well, very, very recently, it seems. What's happening right now? Like, is that how how do people perceive this government now? I guess. Uh, well, there's a complete like lack of faith in them in general. Uh, they this the problem is with the communication with everybody, and it's like to do with Czech people. Like not even, it's not like because I'm an expert missing out on a lot, a lot of the information. The um, even the Czech people that I know say that they're not they. So recently, there's a census apparently that's going around at the moment, which has to be completed electronically, and if you don't complete it, there's a fine. But literally, nobody fucking knows about it. Like it's been like released to one news agency. That's it's. It seems like it's like a real disorganisation, like in terms of the entire government, the way they communicate things to the public, the way they communicate to each other. I think that they said there was a. A delay in the vaccinations bought, or or like a, not very many vaccinations bought because of like lack of communication between the health ministry and the interior ministry. It's just it's just a fucking shit show. So, is there any system or um, information there for how the, the rollout of vaccine is going to work, or is, what's going on there with the va- vaccines? Well, what vaccines are the? Are the I'm sounds just I'm going to come across as very ignorant now, which is what I am. But what is the situation there with the vaccine rollout? It's uh, really, really slow, and they're obviously just doing it in this weird prioritised way. Um, but it's people are more still stuck on the antigen tests because that means you can go to the office or not, or you can mix in certain ways. They're quite strict on that. I had one. Have you had the antigen? Is that the one that goes at your fucking nozzle? Yeah, yeah. It's like having your eyeballs scratched from the inside of your head. It's fucking yeah, shit. It's I went to the dentist horrible, yesterday, it? and it fucking took me like two hours to get over it. Fucking hurt. Yeah, yeah, well, after we have to do it to Aww. my uh, kids. I fucking mate, it fucking hurt. I was really surprised. Aww. Like, I'm braced for this. This is going to be horrible. I'm not going to like this. So, mate, she could have put it down my fucking job site to be more comfortable. It fucking hurt. Oh, it really wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. I've had it. It's, you don't have to put it that far up. What are you no, doing? I think I think she went pretty far. She's a dentist. She was. She was. You're supposed to put it. it as far up until your face. Re- <laughs> you're supposed to put it up your nose until you face resistance. That's what I was told that, when I was given that instruction. Face resistance. I think that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Until my face resists it. <laughs> or, 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 the, or you've got to put it in your mouth and tickle your nostrils as well. Fucking hell. My my son, George, eight years, uh, seven years old, really fucking loves it when we have to give him his test. I bet he does. Easy. God, is he seven? He's seven now. Why yeah. do you look so much more older than that than when he was... Well, he, I thought he must be like 14 from how you look. <laughs> Uh, it's been a difficult year. <laughs> like very difficult. Plus, also, I've got another problem with the haircut situation. Where, as oh, you know, I this. got very used to the long, short haircut because you know it cut all the greys out. Uh, anyway, moving on. So, is that was that beginning of a sentence? It just sounded <laughs> like, like half a sentence. Um, but also, haircuts. Don't like haircuts. What are we doing now? Matt, I've been drinking for several hours now, all right? Give us Good. a break. Uh, well, I don't have anything else to add on this subject. I think we've covered it. It's a nice good, a nice timeline from beginning to end. I feel like we've told a story. Does anybody have else have anything to add that's interesting? I don't feel like it was much of a story. I do. Personally, quite disappointed. When is your uh, the lockdown in Czech of, um, meant to finish? Is there any roadmap out of it? No, it just keeps rolling. It keeps re- renewing it every two weeks or something like that. 
Just rolling the tarmac. <sighs> yeah, well, the thing is, I think recently it has gone down. So it's dropped off like since last week, and we had quite a bad week last week. This week it's really dropped since. So maybe the measures are starting to help a bit. It's pretty tight. It's not really that tight, but like nothing's going on. Everyone's staying at home because it's boring and shit anyway. But it has dropped off like the numbers because they were ridiculous over the last like three or four weeks. Ooh, also, does your government have a slogan like ours? What is ours? Go, go stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. I'm glad you remember it. I'm, I'm very, very surprised. Snappy, it's been a while snappy. since we've seen each other, but I'm surprised that you still think that I wouldn't understand any of the fucking slogans in this gibberish language. But the, surely well, there's like, surely though, like this is probably, it must have a slogan. It must have a slogan of like three words or something. Surely you can remember like three words. It's a drunk words, country. No? It's a lot to uh, expect. <laughs> I, like I, like how syllable. Project, I feel like you're projecting quite a lot there. <laughs> because it, because do you, do you drunk, remember my ex-wife's dad? looks dad? drunk to you. Do you remember uh, okay. my ex-wife's dad? Let's not slur well, our entire country. <laughs> yeah, he does. Fucking the memory of how drunk he used to be <laughs> makes me a bit drunk. It could no be one wants to hear about your ex-wife. Nothing to do with the yeah. No, that's Apart true. From, so there you are. Hopefully, they've learned something today. Uh, yeah. I doubt it, but there you go. Well, I mean, they can't have been expecting too much. Thanks for telling yeah. us your experience. Good night. <laughs> oh, no, there's, another, there's another part there's another bit isn't there yeah. Okay, Matt, this is the bit where we talk about other shit, and we're going to be talking about the shit with our friend Sam today. So, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Well, well, that was a good, quite a good segue, wasn't it, by you for a change? Yeah. Well, you know, I do like to do my bit. How did it feel? Felt good, actually. Yeah, felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Did it? Yeah, I always get like an anxiety. When Ben feels good, it means something's gone terribly wrong. Well, I think most really, of the podcast really, has got... I think I always feel after each podcast that we do that it went quite wrong. I think that's just the way it is. But uh, what I wanted to talk about, actually, was friendship. Oh. Oh. Universal thing. This Everyone's gone through it. Everyone's Mr. Family. Everyone's Mr. Friends during lockdown, I'm sure. But we're all quite distant from each other. I don't have any friends. Ben, do you miss your family? Uh, uh, They're up fucking stairs in his house. Sometimes. Do oh, I don't, think, I don't think any of them really listen. Do you miss them? They're around all the time. It's not the same uh, people, is it? Well, I'm talking about other people, you know, who don't see their mums or dads and stuff, you know. I mean, my yeah. dad's dead and my mum, you know. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, I feel like Sam's not helping. Yeah, He's you're not helping, actually. You're really knocking it off course. This was a good segue. We are all close friends. We've been friends for a very long time. I've been friends with Sam since we were, what, 17? A couple of years ago, you met Matt. Me and Matt became friends, sort of. It took me a few years to realise. You know, <laughs> sort, of. sort of. yeah, but yeah. friends through Sam. Then Sam moved away, and uh, we decided that we may as well be friends because we couldn't make any new friends. Yeah, so we have limited options. It was a good potter's history, I would say, yeah. <laughs> right, but, the point is... Friend, you know, friends of convenience is how I see you. Sam, how have you found it as like a, lo- a long since you you moved to Czech? Like, how many years ago was it? Five years ago? Six years ago? Seven years ago? Six. Six. Um, how have you found it personally? Trying to retain friendships with people from your like anchor point, I guess. You know, you, you obviously got your family there and us as well as like friends in in 
in the UK. How 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 has that been? Uh, well, I've gone through various processes with it, to be honest, uh, and I think. So yeah, obviously I moved here with my ex-wife. I obviously didn't move here when we were. Yeah, she was my ex-wife. Your ex-wife at the time. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously, so we were together to, for some context. We were together for like five years before we moved in, in the UK. We met and we moved across here for various reasons. Um, so uh, yeah, so we moved to stay here, and it was a bit strange. I because I was always always been used to speaking to you both daily in some, in some capacity maybe more Matt because I lived with you more recently and been years ago <laughs> but, but, uh, sorry Ben's face um, but, but at the same yeah, time this is you... what he fucking does isn't it he pretends to fucking think he pretends to listen and when he's talking he wants everybody else to fucking listen but then when he's when somebody else is talking he just tries to constantly just like interrupt and so what's the point in anybody else talking? I don't even say anything. This is just... Please continue, Sam. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Uh, oh, off now. All right, so ask, someone ask me, like, a cogent question, please. Yeah. Might, might, might have some good influence on me. Is this something we should be recording? Oh, I am recording it. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god! Right, start again. <laughs> what do you mean? Yes, we're recording it. It's a fucking podcast. What the, what the fuck? Yes, we're recording it. Okay. I sound like I Jerry wanna, Seinfeld. I just want to, Matt. Thank you both for inviting me on this, and just it's just a real pleasure to be working with two pros such as yourself. It's... Well, Matt did say in a recent tweet that we weren't professionals. Although I'm very much against that because I think you have to have a bit of mystique. <laughs> Um, okay, so Sam and Ben and I were in a um, a relationship, which is a strong friendship relationship, right? So, Sam, you are the, the the best man, right? You're the best man in this in this context. What in any context, you're the best man. What does that mean? What am I saying? Stop me from talking. What am I saying? The best, the best well, man. What, what is that? Best. So, in this context. I am the best man in this specific context because I was best man at both of, both of your weddings. Oh, really? That's why. I, that's why I'm like. Why? Why? The best man. Why though? That's stupid. Why? I don't know. Because of some sort of like misplaced trust and some like irregular heartbeats, I would assume. I mean, that's great justification. I mean, it all makes sense. It all ties together, doesn't it? Ties together. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, like, I had that, that puts me in that awkward situation of having got married after both of you to have to pick somebody to be the best man, right? Yes. And so I had the awkward situation of having been best man at both of yours. And mm, <laughs> you had to pick the best man. not recording then. That I had, to pick the, I had to pick the best man and disappoint the bigger man. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it, actually. Yeah. We didn't want to hurt Matt's feelings. That's that's it. Very sensitive. Awkward. <laughs> the best part of the wedding, I thought, but it's was... Fine. Uh, I, mean, the thing is, like, ben, I think you, the best part of the wedding was... The best was, quote I had, the thing is, like, literally summed up so much of my divorce. I remember it was you saying, it's, saying to Matt, it's fine, I'll do it the second time. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That better be true, by the way, because... Uh, it's probably not going to be true. For fuck's no. sake! Of course it won't. You just got someone else. You find someone else. No, no, I think I'm going to go to um, Vegas and Stuart Vegas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and there'll be someone better than you. But Elvis. Um... The best part of your wedding, anyway, was when the uh, the uh, bride's uh, father decided to take his trousers off the head table. <laughs> I mean, I respect other cultures. I just find them a bit mystifying sometimes. You know what I mean, in fact, the entire the entire bride's guest side, all the brothers, decided to just get strip off and start wearing shorts. It's the most weird culture gosh ever. Half Czech people, half British people. All the British people sweating their ass off because that's really hot, but we're all in suits and obviously we're not taking, we're not going to, I'm not taking my suit off because, you know, everyone else is in boxes. This sort of just popped off the fucking clothes at the table and we're wearing boxes. Or when Matt was giving his speech, which is a good speech and I'm sure he prepared for uh, quite a while and thought about literally a, a entire half of the fucking wedding, all of the bride's guests uh, talking over it very, very loudly. Just I'm really, really a fucking sad. bunch of cunts, proper bunch of cunts. <laughs> so I just think really, it was a culture really, clash. Really, you know? I must apologise because honestly, I think that honestly because that was what 2016, something like that, 17. I don't know. When, when did I get yeah. married? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something like that. Um, so I must really apologise because I think that some of what happened on that day at the wedding might have like. Matt's not a very invig- captivating speaker, really. You know? I think it might have invigorated Ben even more towards a Brexit standpoint because of his thoughts of people <laughs> you on the continent. Con- don't you set me up like this? I think yeah. that might have impinged on quite a lot of his vehemence towards the Brexit front. <laughs> It was the House of Cards, Which, wasn't it? It is like since like these we can't move on for like, arrogant, rude Czech people. I'm not fucking being in a union with these guys. That's it. That's it. That's what triggered me. That's what triggered me. It sounds very plausible. Though. Everybody who knows you best will actually be quite concerned about mine. I was always okay with my divorce, and my marriage seems like a waste of time, but also. Whatever, very good. It's a shame, but I'm kind of glad because uh, you are my best man and I'm one of those people who, who picked the best man and the best man didn't pick me as their best man. So I'm glad that your marriage <laughs> failed. I'm glad your marriage failed, to be honest. And I wish you permanent unhappiness. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> good. Well, uh, we, should stay, we should say goodbye, shouldn't we? We should, Matt. We should. Because... It all seems quite aggressive, but also because we all love each other, it's more aggressive well, than usual, Well, do you usual, know, have you ever got kids together who haven't seen each other for a while, and how are they act all weird and moody together? No? Well, that sometimes happens, and I think maybe that's it. Maybe we're all just a little bit emotional, you know, a bit too overexcited, especially you, Matt. I feel like maybe we need to have a chat about that later, about your conduct tonight. Um, I think, anyway, saying goodbye... Uh, the Great Unraveling podcast is out every two weeks. The only podcast by alcoholics for alcoholics. Uh, I think it's about <laughs> current affairs. I think. Yeah. 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 There'll be another one out in two weeks. Uh, can someone give us good reviews? Because some bastard gave us bad reviews and I need you to balance it out. I keep asking you, but you don't You don't do it. So, can you fucking do it? Who are you, who are you talking to? Who the are you listeners. Talking to? The listeners, I know it's not radio, but there will be people listening to it at a later date, and I'm just asking them if they could just 
review even if I think this is shit I mean what's going to is it off their nose to just give me a good you're quite review? confident on that plural though aren't you listeners yeah well we, we know you don't stats, talk in Sam. this bit guest you're, you're finished your bit's finished uh, are we going to do an outro with one of his songs as a favour or we're not doing that fucking should I'm not paying you any fucking royalties oh he doesn't put any effort into asking whether we should do that or not. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. There's another podcast coming out in two weeks uh, about something or other. And this is uh, a dull set with the song uh, Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Weird name. Weird name. Good song, though. And it's starting now. Now? I was in a band. I used to be in a band. I was in a band.
Let's go, let's go.